Who's fighting the fight? He's spreading the light. They're doing it upright. Ambassadors. If the word's gonna move, we need someone to move it. But it ain't gonna get done now if no one will do it. But now spreading out all through the land. Ambassadors taking a want to grow, in my life to know, there's only one way to go, ambassadors, who's redeeming the time, renewing their minds, giving sight to the blind, ambassadors, if the word's gonna move, we need someone to move it, but it ain't gonna get done now, if no one will do it, but now I had a need, a need to be freed, and who came along? Ambassadors, would they listen close? And then they gave me a dose of love and God's word. Ambassadors, well you had the time, so you signed on the line. Now I'm ready to go to the book of Genesis. That's the first book in the Bible. No problem with it, right? But before we read what I want to share with you in Genesis, remember Walter just said that I too tonight, like Vince, would be sharing my heart with you on God's call to love him. I couldn't start another, any other way spiritually in my heart and life than to say, God bless to each and every one of you in the wonderful name of our living Lord and of our Savior, Jesus Christ, God's only begotten Son. Our theme this year is your call to service. That was for 1981. And that was because you were born to live. But we're born again to do what? To serve, that's right. And so our theme, God's call to love for 1981-82 
is uniquely significant, and it's timely as well. The theme verse for the year is Ephesians 5.2. The theme prayer, the theme prayer for the year is Ephesians 3, 14 to 21. And the theme chapters for the year are 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 John 4. My people, God's call to love started for everyone before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. Then they were set in the heavens at the time of the formation and the making of the heavens. As well as the earth. Revelation in the Word of God. And so in Genesis chapter 3, in verse 15, we read, And I will put what? Enmity between thee and the woman. Talking about the adversary, the devil. And between thy seed, the seed of the adversary, and her seed, the seed of the woman. Now, all of us know that biologically, genetically, and physiologically, a woman does not carry the seed. The seed comes from the male side. And yet here in Genesis 3.15, it says, between thy seed and her seed, the seed of the woman. And the reason that's so singularly significant is because God's only begotten Son was not conceived in the fallopian tubes of Mary by a man, but by the power of God who originally formed, made, and created man. It, this seed of the woman, it shall bruise thy head, this head of the adversary, and thou the adversary, all you're going to be able to do to him is to bruise his what? He was able to kill him and to destroy him at that moment as far as physical life was concerned, but because of that great error on his part and the mystery that you and I know today that God knew from before the foundations of the world, that presence of Christ in you shall bruise the adversary's head, and all he could ever do was to, was to bruise the heel of Jesus Christ. The record of the greatness of this is in Galatians chapter 3, if you'll flip over there. Romans, Corinthians, Galatians. Chapter 3. Here it tells you what I've just told you in the Great truth and the reality of God's Word. Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. 
Now to Abraham and his seed were the what? Promises made. He saith not, and to seeds as of many, but as of what? One. And to thy seed, which is what? Christ. The seed of the woman is who? Christ. For God, the Holy Spirit, God, created within Mary that seed which united with the ovum and brought forth our wonderful Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. That seed is what? Christ. Thinking of God's call to love him, Truly, God's call to love him is real exciting. I'd like to say to you that God is always in his office and he's always available to answer your call directly without a secretary. We're really real fortunate, I believe, That God's call to love was not collect. You know what God's 800 number is? Well, it's 534. 6824. That's God's 800 number. You call him anytime. If you don't believe that, just sometime take a look at Jeremiah. 33, verses 2 and 3, and it says, God call. God said, call me. So he gives you the number. He is always our Jehovah God in relationship to his creation. In the Gospel of John 3.16, which you all should know from memory, it says, God so what? Loved the world that he what? Gave. God's call to love him begins with God so what? Love. God so love. People, God so love that he gave. He gave. And there is no genuine love in life without giving. That's why you and I have to allow people to walk on our feet till they learn to walk on their own. We have to be broken bread for the people until they learn to break their own bread of life. We have to move the greatness of God's Word until they learn how to move it. God so loved people that He gave what? His only begotten Son. He loved to the end that He gave His only begotten Son. In the Gospel of John, chapter 17, in verse 24, Jesus Christ says, Father, I will that they also whom thou hast given me be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory which thou hast given me. Now watch it. For thou hast lovest me, thou lovest me before the foundation of the what? God loved Jesus Christ before the formation 
or the foundation of the world. The other week, one of my core men sent to me the original foundational principle upon which Harvard University, the first college that was founded in, the, in our colonies back in 1643, was established on. And the basic rule, people, the precept for the founding of Harvard was the following. And I quote, let every student, that means at Harvard, be plainly instructed and earnestly pressed to consider well the main end of life and studies to know God and Jesus Christ, which is eternal life. And therefore to lay Christ in the bottom as the only foundation of all sound knowledge and learning. This is what Harvard was founded on in the colonies of the United States in 1643. Perhaps Harvard should again, in their divinity school, take a look at the statement of their founding fathers and walk on the greatness of God's Word. That's right. <laughs> Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, God loved before the foundation of the world. I want you to take a look at Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1. Look at verse 4. According as He has chosen us. Are you with me? Chosen us in Him before the foundation of what? We just read in John that God chose Jesus Christ before the foundation of what? And He chose us before the foundation of what? Does this make us God's only begotten Son? No, but it makes us sons of God filled with Christ in us, the hope of glory. Try. He has chosen us before the foundation of the world. In His foreknowledge, He knew. And that's why God so loved people that He gave His only begotten Son. It is God's call to all of us to love Him. Jesus Christ loved Him. He always did the Father's will. I and the Father are one. All of that. He loved Him. Now you and I are sons of God. We love Him also. In Ephesians chapter 2, look at verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, graces divine favor people, perpendicular God demand. Mercy is God's withholding of just judgment at the moment for us. That's mercy. God, who is rich in mercy, for his great love wherewith he what loved us. 
God loved us. Wonderful. Verse 5. When we were dead to sins, when God quickened us, together with whom? By grace you have been saved. Verse 6. And hath raised us up together, or has aroused or awakened us up together, and made us sit together, made us sit together in the heavenly places in whom people he made us to sit in the heavenlies in Christ Jesus, people. When are we going to believe God's Word? Why believe what the world says? Why believe what religion says? Why not just believe what God's Word says and quit screwing around? The Word, the Word, the Word! Try It says He made us to sit together in the heavenlies, in Christ Jesus. He made us to sit. Man always wants to run around, screw around, jump here, there, and there. God said, sit down and shut up. <laughs> That's right. Made us to sit. He made us to sit. He didn't ask us if we wanted to. He said, sit down, man. With Christ Jesus. That's pretty good company. So when they call the way ministry a cult, doesn't bother me a bit. For I'm seated in the heavenly with Christ Jesus. He was a cult man. I like Christ Jesus and I'm in favor of him. <laughs> you know something, you can cut a tree down that's been growing for a hundred years and ten minutes, but it took a hundred years to build it. Any stupid jackass can tear something down. It takes a man or a woman of God to stand for something and build something over the years that people get blessed even after he's dead and gone, people. You're well. Look at verse 8. I didn't write the book. I didn't die for you. Jesus Christ did. Look at verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through pistis, believing faith. And that none of yourselves, it's a gift of good works? No, it's a gift of whom? God so loved that he what? That's right, it's a gift from whom? That's what the word says, that's what it means. Before verse 9, bless your old heart, not of works, lest any man should blow all week. Verse 10, we are His what? Praise God. We're whose works? God's works. We are God's workmanship. The first workmanship stands before you. That you can see came from my earthly daddy and mommy, like my sister Liddy, like my sister Sabella, like my brother Reuben. We are the workmanship of our dad and mommy, Mr. and Mrs. Ernst Weirwell. This is temporal. But that which you can't see, which is Christ in me, the hope of glory, is eternal life. You know I've got it. For Ishanta, Lo Santa Malachisi, I speak in tongues. And listen. Speaking in tongues 
is the external manifestation in the senses world of Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. Christ in you, people. Not because of works, but because of what God wrought in Christ Jesus, people. Come on. That's created in hope. We are God's what? Look, my dad took my mommy to bed and here I am. Well, don't act so religious the rest of you do. How'd you get here? You weren't hatched behind an egg pole. That's right, baby. Look, we're God's what? Whether the world likes it or not, I don't care. I'm God's what? That's what the word says. That's what it means, honey girl. Hey. You know, my dad and mom liked me well enough to pants me. You know, they liked me well enough to nurse me. You know, they even sent me to school. Paid all my bills. I'm the most highly stupid educated man at 20,000 he ever saw. That's why it costs my dad to educate a fool. That's me, sir. I didn't learn what I know tonight, sir. In any of the colleges or the theological seminaries that I attended. And I want to tell you something. I did, once upon a time, go to college. I did graduate from some seminaries, which I love to prefer to call cemeteries. But, make any difference. I don't care what the critics say. All you'd have to do is look up the record. All this junk they say about us, a bunch of crap. Look, we got the greatest, most wonderful people in the way ministry the world's seen for centuries. Take them from every category of life. We got them, baby. They love God. They love His Word. And they know that they're the workmanship of God. They have Christ in them, the hope of glory. And they want to move. They want to go out. They want to bless God's people all over the world. That's why the Word is moving. Because you believe God and you believe His Word. Where we'll get back here. Look! We're God's workmanship. First birth, my earthly father and mother's workman. Second birth, God's workmanship. And ladies and gentlemen, if God can't do as good as my earthly daddy, then my earthly daddy should have been God. Oh, Lord forbid. Boy, oh boy. Take a look if you don't like that. Take a look at Romans. Bless your heart. Romans chapter 5. I love you, but boy, the word's the word. You have no friends when it comes to words except those who are willing to walk the word. Everything else a bunch of junk. Romans chapter 5, verse 6. Read it. Here we go. For when we were yet without what? Strength. In due time, Christ died for the ungodly. That's us. Verse 7. For scarcely for a righteous man will one what? Yet peradventure for a good man some would even... To Dare to die. But, but in contrast, God commendeth His love toward us. God's love toward us. In that while we were yet sinners, dead in trespasses and sins, Christ died, what? For us. Much more than being now justified by His, what? We shall be saved. And the word saved is made whole from wrath through him. For, verse 10, if 
when we were enemies, we were reconciled by, to God by the death of his son. Much more, much more being reconciled, we shall be saved by his what? That's the word of God, people. And the word of God's the will of God. Look at First John. First John. Chapter 3. Verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath what? He bestowed it upon us that we should be called the sons of what? Therefore the world writes us up in the headlines as positive, great, wonderful. Now the world doesn't know what's going on because it did not know him, Jesus Christ. But verse 2 says, Beloved, now are we the sons of what? We're whose sons? We're God's sons now. Jesus Christ was God's only begotten son as far as creating in Mary that which brought him forth. But you and I are God's sons because he, God, in Christ Jesus created in us which is eternal life. It doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know, not question, not doubt, but we know that when he, Jesus Christ, shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him, what? As he is. Look at chapter 4, verse 19. We love him. 4.19. We love him, God, because he first, what? Loved us. We love him because he first loved us. God's love was like a magnet. It drew us to him. He loved first, then we loved. You know, people talk about finding the Lord Jesus Christ. How stupid. You know, Jesus Christ isn't the one who's lost. <laughs> they talk about finding God. Brother, have you found God? Well, my God, he's not lost. We're the ones that lost. If there's going to be any finding, it ain't going to be on our part. We're so lost we can't see nothing. Blind as a bat and twice as juicy. But look, God so what loved that he what gave. And 4.19 says, we love him. We love God. We love him. Because he what? Ephesians 5, 1 is, and I want you to look at, because 5, 2 is the theme verse for this rock of ages, but you can't understand 5, 2 till you comprehend 5, 1. Be ye therefore followers of God as dear or beloved children. The word followers class is the Greek word mimetes. It's spelled M-I-M, long E, T, long E, S, mimetes. And the word mimetes means an imitator. Be ye therefore imitators of what? 
Oh, my God, how can I imitate God? That's got to be way out. God is spirit, right? How could I imitate God? The key, class, is in the words or in those words, dearly beloved children, or children who dearly love him. When you imitate what Christ, God's only begotten Son, did, you are a follower of God, and you're an imitator of God, for Jesus Christ always did what? The Father's will. That's what it means. I was going to read you the literal of Ephesians 5, 2, but I forgot to bring that Rock of Ages program up here, but it's in the last page of that Call to Love Rock of Ages program. That's the literal of it. I was going to read it to you, but I did another one that may expound upon that literal that may help you. It is as follows of Ephesians 5.2. Walk in love. Walk in love as Christ also loved you once and for all, even to the end that he gave himself in your behalf as a sacrificial offering to God a sweet-smelling fragrance. And that's far better than Chanel number 5. Has to at least be 7 to have perfection. I'll read it to you again. Walk in love as Christ also loved you once and for all, even to the end that he gave himself in your behalf as a sacrificial offering to God, a sweet-smelling fragrance. This sacrificial offering, or an offering and sacrifice, is a figure of speech in this verse, kids. And a figure of speech puts the oomph into the verse. It puts into the verse what God wants emphasized. The figure of speech is called Hendiades. It's spelled H-A-H-E-N-D-I-A-D-Y-S. Those figure means there are two words used, but one thing meant. The first of the two words expresses the thought, people. The other word used intensifies it to the superlative degree. That's the figure of Hendiades. That's what this offering and sacrifice is here in Ephesians 5.2. Our theme verse for the year. You have the same figure of speech, Hendiades, in John 4.24. God is what? And they that worship him must worship him how? In spirit and in what? Spirit and in truth. There's your two words.
The first, the first part of it expresses the thought, worship him in spirit because God is what? The second one puts the oomph to it. It intensifies it to the superlative degree. Namely, if you're ever going to worship God, you've got to worship by the Spirit. That's the only true way whereby God can be worshipped. That's the greatness of John 4.24. Paul. Worship Him in spirit and in what? You see, God is what? The only way you could worship Him is what? And therefore it elevates it to the superlative degree when it says there's no other way whereby you can truly worship Him except via the Spirit. That's John 4. There's a great one in Acts. Look at Acts. Boy, they're just throughout the whole word. I had the next week to teach, and all of you every minute, we just go into some of this. Acts 3 is another great one. There are many of them in the Word like this. Verse 14. Talking to these people who had a little problem with Jesus Christ, he said in verse 13, God says, But Jean and I, the Holy One, and the what? just, and desire to murder to be granted unto you. The words holy one and just is this figure, Hendiety. Two words used, one thing meant. But the second of the two elevates it to the superlative degree. He was the holy one, and he was what? Just, just, talking about Jesus Christ, the holy one of God, who was what? Just. In 1 Corinthians 2, 4 is another great one. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look at the greatness of this one. Chapter 2, verse 4. My speech and my preaching was not with what? Enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of spirit and of what? Power. There's the figure Hendiadi. In demonstration of the Spirit, there are only nine demonstrations. They're called manifestations. Speaking in tongues, interpretation, prophecy, word of knowledge, word of wisdom, concerning the Spirit, faith, miracle. Those are the demonstrations. And the demonstrations produce the fruit of the Spirit. In demonstration of spirit and of what? Power. That spirit in demonstration is powerful. The second augments it to the superlative degree. Puts the infinite, infinite people. But in demonstration of spirit, which is what? Power. That's the meaning of it. <laughs> You know, in Ephesians, there's another one, chapter 6. Just taught this last week, finished out the core on Ephesians, Wednesday night, 6.18. Praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, watching thereunto. So far, no figure, but here it is. With all perseverance 
and supplication. Supplication for all saints. Perseverance, stick to itiveness, stay at it. Stay at it. And elevate it to, to the superlative degree by supplication. Stay at it. Believe God. Get it, baby. That's what that verse means. In Ephesians 5, the great theme verse of this rock of ages, people. Offering sacrifice to God for a sweet-smelling what? The sweet-smelling fragrance, people, to God is the call to love. And the call is the walk of love. It's only not only the call to love him, but it's the call which is the walk of love. That is the call of love that we are going to cover at this rock of ages day after day.